you know Christ is risen because Episcopalians are clapping right now. <laughs> In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you may be seated. Breaking every other uh, cathedral rule while we're at it, if you have your smartphone and you want to use it uh, with all my permission right now, take it out and Google, and I really mean this because you're not going to be able to see my prop, Google the phrase, harrowing of hell, okay? I'm going to spell it for you right now. Harrowing of hell, H-A-R-R-O-W-I-N-G, harrowing, harrowing of hell. Google images, find one that catches your eye, harrowing of hell. It's my favorite image, I think, in all of Christian imagery. It's an uh, Eastern Orthodox icon, and have you seen this? This is my, uh, my particular favorite version. It's not Andrei Rublev, but it sort of looks like a, a Rublev. It's mimicking his, his work. Here's what I love about this. This is the picture, the image, the icon of tonight, all wrapped in an image. Eastern icons are sort of like, how do you say it, gifs, gifs? No one will ever know that, I, I don't think. They're not, they're not like JPEGs, they're like gifs, like they move. This is a moving story right here in an image. Here's what I love about it. Jesus right there in the middle, Jesus in the middle, First of all, he's stomping on the gates of hell. Can you see that on your phone or here? He's stomping on the gates of hell. The gates of hell have suddenly turned into a cross, right? That's his weapon, the cross. Second thing I love about this, uh, the blue that you see in this image at least, is, is the light. If you, if you look hard, you can see um, just above the light and around the light, it's dark. It's like a tomb. The light of Jesus, the light of Jesus breaking in on death. But here's the part I want you to see for tonight. Can you see Jesus reaching out his hand by the gates of hell? Can you see that hand? You see it? He's reaching down and he's grabbing Adam and Eve and he's pulling them out of Hades. He's reaching down and he's grabbing you and me and he's pulling us out of the night, out of the night. Keep that picture up on your phone. Here's the thing, resurrection, resurrection for Christians, Easter, and this is what tonight brings us, Easter is not just like a one person wins contest, right? It's not just an image of Jesus and an empty tune. It's an image of Jesus bringing us with him out of the tomb. You see that? Christianity is a sport where the champion wins and he brings everyone with him. We're not just the loser saying, oh, good for you. That's nice. You, you beat death. Now we're over here, the losers. No, he brings us with him. Tonight, friends, tonight is all about hope. Tonight in the great vigil, we remember that Christianity is the story of a champion who makes us all champions with him. Now, let me ask you, do you have hope? No, I mean, really ask yourself, do I have hope? Do I have hope? You say, Josh, I used to have hope. 
I used to have hope when I was a kid. I used to have hope when I heard the Disney song, Someday My Prince Will Come. I used to have hope before the abuse. I used to have hope before the divorce. I used to have hope before my life became a mundane drudgery of nine to five. I used to have hope before a corporation used my gifts for 20 years and then let me go. I used to have hope when I was a kid. Now I hate hope. Now I hate hope. Do you feel that in you? Hope makes me angry. Hope is a farce. Hope is a joke. In the past couple hundred years, we've sort of downloaded, I think without knowing it, the philosophy of men like Albert Camus and Frederick Nietzsche. You know what they said about hope? Nietzsche said, hope is the worst of all evils because it just prolongs the torment of man. Camus said, hope is absurd. Hope, he said, is like the story of Sisyphus from uh, uh, Greek mythology who was a man punished by the gods to roll a big rock up a hill every day. Right as he gets to the top, the rock comes tumbling down, and he does it all over again for eternity. That is hope. Camus was particularly talking about religious hope, like tonight. Not many years after Nietzsche, one of his fans named Adolf Hitler took a lot of Nietzsche's ideas and put them into practice killing millions of people. Elie Wiesel uh, was one of the people who was caught up in the Holocaust, a concentration camp. And he wrote about his time in the concentration camp, and he reflected on it. And he called his book simply Night. Night. Like, like the night that we started with a little bit ago when there was no light. And listen to what Wiesel says about night. Never shall I forget that night, the first night in the concentration camp, which has turned my life into one long night. Seven times cursed, seven times sealed. Never shall I forget that smoke. Never shall I forget the little faces of the children whose bodies I saw turned into wreaths of smoke beneath a silent blue sky. Never shall I forget those flames which consumed my faith forever. Never shall I forget that nocturnal silence which deprived me for all eternity of the desire to live. Never shall I forget those moments which murdered my God and my soul and turned my dreams to dust. Never shall I forget these things, even if I am condemned to live as long as God himself never Elie Wiesel, on a hopeless night. Literary students would have us note in those short paragraphs that Elie's using a little rhetorical tool. It's called an anaphora. 
Anaphora is like a, a quick sequence of words at the beginning of a sentence that you repeat over and over again. Did you catch it? Never shall I forget. Never shall I forget. Never shall I forget. What's he not, not going to forget? He's not going to forget night. He's not going to forget hopelessness. He's not going to forget the fact that God did not rescue him. Brothers and sisters, did you catch in the liturgy earlier tonight our own anaphora, a repeated set of words, one of the oldest texts that we have as Christians in the exalted? This is what we said. This is what we prayed. This is the night. This is the night. This is the night when, God, you rescued Israel from bondage to Egypt through the Red Sea. We said it again. This is the night. This is the night when all who believe in Christ are delivered from the gloom of sin and are restored to grace and holiness of life. This is the night when Christ broke the bonds of death and hell and rose victorious from the grave. How holy is this night. How blessed is this night. This is the night. None of us have experienced a night like Elie Wiesel. Let's be clear. But then again, in human terms, literally at the level of our DNA, our pain, our darkness, our evil, these things should never be compared. These things should not be compared. So everybody, everybody's got a night. Do you know your night? What is your night? What is your darkness? Where is your abandonment? Where is it in your heart that you hate to hope? Tonight, friends, we celebrate the reality of hope. We celebrate the reality that Jesus reached into our deaths, our Hades, our nights, and pulled us out right? On this holy night, Jesus reaches out to us and says, because of my victory, you will be victors. Tonight is about hope. This is the night. This is the night we experience the hope of Christ through the light of our paschal candles. This is the night we experience the hope of Christ in our guilt being washed away from the waters of baptism. This is the night that the hope of Christ is so beautifully, obnoxiously loud that it drowns out evil. This is the night. This is the night to put hope itself inside of us, which we're going to do right now in the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ under the bread and wine. This is the night. Amen.